1: I went down in the river to pray, Studying
0: about that good old way. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, The many were made sinners, So also by the obedience of the one man, many will be made righteous. But law entered with the result that sin may be multiplied. But where the sin multiplied, the grace superabounded to overflowing, that even as sin reigned in the sphere of death, so also the grace may reign by means of righteousness resulting in life eternal by jesus christ our lord what then shall we say continue in sin so that the grace may become more and more certainly not we who died to sin how shall we live in it or are you ignorant that as many as were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death Really, we were buried together with him by means of the baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised out from among dead men by the glory of the Father, so also we may walk around in the newness of life. For if we become united in the similarity of his death, then we shall also be united in the similarity of his resurrection. "'Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him "'so that the body of the sin may be destroyed, "'that we not hereafter serve sin, "'for the one having died has been freed from sin. "'But if we died with Christ, "'we believe that we shall also live with him, "'knowing that Christ, having been raised out from the dead men, "'dies no more. "'Death no longer has dominion over him.' For in that he died, he died with reference to sin, once and for all. But in that he lives, he lives with respect to God. So also you must think yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but living for God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, The sin must not reign in your mortal body to obey it in the lust of it. And you must not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to the sin, but once and for all yield yourselves to God as living out from among spiritually dead men and yield your members as instruments of righteousness for God. For sin will not rule over you because you are not under law but under grace. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I have such good news for you today. There is such ugliness in death. There's nothing pretty about it. I watched my late wife die was at her bedside holding her, speaking words of comfort as she slipped in and out of consciousness. And she finally took her last breath. And then just her ravished body lay in the bed. All I could do is hold her and weep. My sweetheart was gone. All that was left was the empty shell. There was nothing pretty about it. I called my brother. who was here with me, with my sister-in-law, precious. I love him. I called friends who quickly came to the house to, to be with me to mourn, and to comfort. There's nothing pretty about death. It's ugly. It's a stranger. It's not something that we even like to look at. And yet, in Romans 6, we're told that we must die. That we must be united in his crucifixion with him. That the body of sin could be destroyed. That is the way we've lived all of our lives. And we're told we must no longer think of ourselves as dead, but resurrected, living in the fullness of Jesus Christ. Well, what if I don't feel like I'm alive yet? This is by faith. It's by faith. I have to change the way I think. If you've walked in death, you have old habits. You have old ways. And if you allow those old ways to come back upon you, they will bind you in chains. You must die to those old ways. You must let go of them. Now, I've been praying and wondering, where in the scriptures is there a clear understanding of what this death should look like? And how do we go through it? And there is a parable that you're very familiar with in the New Testament, in the book of Luke, that Jesus told. It's one of my favorites. But I want to give you some new meaning. So listen carefully. In Luke, the 15th chapter, there's a man who had two sons. The younger son was a rebellious young man, Angry, bitter, felt that his father was not treating him fairly. He was tired of farm work. He was tired of taking care of livestock. He was tired of working in the garden. He wanted to be free. He wanted to live his life. And he finally decided the only way he could do it was to convince his dad to give him his share of the inheritance because. He was not getting a salary. He was part of the family. And so he went to his father. And he said to his father, give me my share of the estate. Well, he had no share of the estate and would not have until dad died. But dad agreed. He divided the value of his farm And he gave the younger son his share. It wasn't long after that that the younger son got together all that he had and he set off for a distant country. And the scriptures tell us that there he squandered his wealth in wild living, he finally was able to let go and do what he'd always wanted to do, to be free of dad and the rules that dad had, to be free to spend whatever he wanted to spend, to buy the clothing he desired, to have the women he wanted, to have the lifestyle he thought he was entitled to and deserving of. And then he ran out of money. And he had no means of generating more. Suddenly all of his wild friends disappeared when he no longer pays for their meal. Now a severe famine came in that whole country. There was a shutdown of everything. And this young man recognized that he had to get work or he would starve. That realization began to bring him to his senses. When we finally begin to recognize that we cannot continue as we are with our wild living, the Holy Spirit can begin to work in our hearts. Where we finally recognize we have rebelled against God, we have turned our back on him time after time after time. Such ugliness. It's ugly to watch a man die, and that's what this man was doing. He'd left his family. He'd betrayed his father. He had insulted his father. He had betrayed the God of heaven. He knew all of this. He knew he was walking in utter wickedness before God that his father would never approve of his wickedness. He was ashamed. And finally, he found a farmer who was willing to hire him. His job, taking care of the pigs, giving the pigs their food. There was no lower job for a young Jewish man Pigs were utterly unclean, not to be touched, not to be dealt with. But this young Jewish man is sent to feed the pigs. Now, as he was feeding the pigs, he was not given any money up front. He had to work for his first month, and then he would get wages. In the meantime, he was hungry. Day after day, he had nothing to eat. He fed the pigs. He fed the pigs their, their their pods. He fed the pigs what the farmer gave him to feed them. He wished he could eat what the pigs were eating because he knew there was nothing he could do to save himself. Now, now the young man begins to die. He's starving to death. He's hungry. He's filthy from working with the pigs. You can't work with pigs and not get slop all over you. This is somehow something the Lord seems to do with us. (laughs) He seems to take us into the pig pen, where we begin to recognize that what we're doing is not really what we want to be doing, whether it's selling drugs, whether it's stealing, lying, cheating, selling used automobiles and gouging people, Whatever it is we're doing, we recognize it's a pig life. It's not what we want. It's not giving us food and shelter, it's not giving us survival. We're miserable. But this young man had to become more miserable in the pig slop than he was in his wonderful father's farm. The parable is very clearly teaching us the truth that is all through the New Testament and all through the Old Testament, and that is that we all alike have sinned against the Almighty. We've all gone to the pig pen. We've tried to care for ourselves, and some of you, as you're listening to this broadcast today, recognize that you are in the pig pen, You're not happy about it. You don't want to be there. But you haven't been hungry enough yet. You haven't had enough pig slops all over your clothes. The stench of the pig has not penetrated far enough into your psyche that you're finally willing to say, Look, I need God. I need to be washed. I need to be made clean. This young man is dying. And Romans 6 is telling us that all of us are going to have to recognize our wicked hearts. That we're going to have to recognize that we have to die. That we are all in sin and all in the pig slop. And we're going to have to go home. If we want out of the pig pen, we're going to have to go home. Some of you live with the lie that you're not welcome at home. I want to tell you the good news. All of you are welcome home. Now, you may not feel like it. This is not about feelings. This is about reality. Reality. Some of you condemn yourselves. It's very interesting over here in, again, the book of Romans. Let me turn to it quickly. You know the passage if you've been a Christian very long. It's found in the 8th chapter. I want to read it for you, though. I could quote it, but please, I just, I'll just i read it. Therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. There's no condemnation at the Father's house for you. There's no judgment against you in the house of God. He will wash you, he will cleanse you, and he will feed you, and he will welcome you home. You may say, oh, I rejected Jesus and I left him. Well, this young man rejected his father, and now he's coming home. You may not feel welcome at home, Can I tell you why? Suppose this young man had come to his senses and he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father... I only want to come and work long enough to get some more money so I can go back to the wild city because that's really the life I want to live. What do you think dad would have said? He wouldn't have agreed. He would have said, I'm sorry, son. You either come back home and become a part of the family or you better go back to your pig pen. That's not what the young man said. He had sufficiently suffered in the pig pen that he said, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. Please. Please. This is not something easy to say, but I'm going to say it and be very honest. Most American Christians have thought they could go home and have their pigs on the side. Most American Christians think that they can go to Jesus and they can do a little bit of repentance dance, a little repentance dance, a little repentance dance, I'm sorry, forgive me for my sins. I accept you, Jesus. But out back, they've kept their pigs. And the stench of pig is all over them. I have a very painful gift that Jesus has given me. I look, I look at a person and they're singing the songs of glory and they're talking like they're a Christian. But I have a spirit of discernment and I look through them and I see the the carnality of their heart. I see the lust for darkness. I see the sexual uncleanness. I see the pornography written all over their faces. There's no light coming from them. There's just that sickening pig slop smell. I can't use some musicians on this broadcast because I see the pig slop on them. And I can't play their music when I know in the spirit that they're fornicating or they're committing adultery or they're they're walking in pig slop. Please, this young man did not bring his pigs home with him. He left them recognizing they were not his pigs, they belonged to the wicked farmer who was starving him to death. A pagan. That wickedness does not belong to you. It belongs to the devil, the father of lies. You can't take the pigs with you and go home. Now some of you have tried to come home and you have not felt welcome because you have kept the old sin and you have clung to it and you have not renounced it. And so you feel condemned before God because you know you have pigs in the backyard. You've not died. You're not going to feel welcome in the house of the Lord until you die. Until you give up your self-life and you stop holding pigs in the backyard. Trying and hoping you can make a little money on the side. You can't do that. While he's still a long way off, the father who's watching for him sees him coming. His heart is filled with compassion, and he runs and he meets his son. He throws his arms around him and he kisses him. He's filthy dirty, but he kisses him. And the son makes his confession, Father, I've sinned against heaven, sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on and put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring him the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and he's found. Some of you have gone back to God, but you're still lost because you still walk in wickedness. You still claim you're a sinner. You still claim you've done everything you can do, but you just can't overcome that sin. Do you know why? You haven't died yet. You haven't been crucified with Christ yet. You're keeping pigs in your backyard. It may be just the way you're thinking. You see, I read for you out of Romans, the sixth chapter. It says, see if I can find it quickly for you. In verse 11, so also you must think yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but living for God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, there's a change of thought process. Some of you love condemning yourself, you love being miserable, you love being shut away, you don't want to come out in the light, you want to keep your pigs in the backyard somehow those pigs are a comfort to you. And so you want to keep that stench about you. But now let's quickly go to the older son because he's in the same condition as the younger son was. The older son was in the field and when he came near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied. Your father's killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry, and he refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been staying with you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, who has squandered your property and your prosperity On prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf. My son, the father said, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again, he was lost and he's found. Well, what's going on? What's going on is something that is so ugly. I entitled this broadcast, The Ugliness. What is the ugliness? The ugliness is the pride of a person who says, I'm a Christ follower, but has no compassion, has no compassion in his heart for those that he considers less than himself, like his younger brother. Breaks my heart to see the arrogance and the pride of our hearts that cause us to judge one another, to speak disparagingly of another brother with no concern to reach out and encourage and support. I've had people say, "Oh, Pastor, the National Prayer Chapel, look at the people who come. They're not in my class. No, they're not. They're not in your class of arrogance and pride. And hardness of heart. Do you understand? The older brother didn't have any pigs in the backyard. He had pigs in his heart. He was as filthy as his younger brother. But his younger brother came home and humbled his heart. And was washed. The older brother doesn't think he needs to be washed. He he thinks he's okay. And so out of his bitter despair and sense of entitlement he condemns his own father. He judges his own father. He condemns his father. The one who is saying to him, look, all that I have belongs to you. And he's condemning his father. He has pigs in his heart. Now, which is worse, pigs out back or pigs in the heart? It's pigs any way you look at it. The older brother had pigs in his heart. And he had crap all over him. He was unclean. He was arrogant. He was proud. The great sorrow of my heart is for those of you who listen to this broadcast who, first of all, think of yourselves as sinners and you cover your sinner state by saying, well, Jesus died for me and so God won't even look at me. just sees Jesus. And so you stay in that state of condemnation or ignorance and you don't ever deal with your sin. You break my heart. I know the task I have is to tenderly invite you to come to Jesus and acknowledge your real sin and begin to understand that your sin is taken away by the blood of Jesus and that you can be made into a new man a new woman that he will not reject you but you have to leave the pig pen and you can't bring the pigs with you and you're going to have to be washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus you're going to have to be you're going to have to be stripped of the old man It's not going to be easy. It's going to be painful. Self-condemnation will not achieve anything. It's humbling our hearts before God and saying, you have no reason to take me back. I just deserve to be a slave But instead, the Father comes and puts his arms around you. And he says, come, my son, come, my daughter. I love you. I'm here for you. And the pig slop is washed away. And the clothes are cleansed or thrown away. And you're given new clothes to wear, white garments of righteousness. Now, after the church which is closed after the church has gone through sufficient trial and turmoil, it'll come time for the church to die and to give up this wicked belief that they can sin and still be saved. They can't bring their pigs and keep them in the backyard. That's my task to invite you to come and die to your sin, to tenderly invite you to come and understand that you must leave your sin. Let me read for you. Ephesians, and you being dead in the trespasses and sins, you being dead in the pig pen in which you formerly walked, according to the age of this world, according to the ruler of the authority of the air, the spirit now working. In the sons of disobedience, among whom also we were once formerly dominated by the lusts of our flesh, doing the will of the flesh and the mind. And we used to be by nature children of wrath, even as the others. But God being rich in mercy by means of his great love with which he loved us, even, be, even being dead in the sins, he made us alive with Christ. You have been saved by grace even raised up together and seated together in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus in order that he might show himself in open exhibition in the coming age with reference to the surpassing wealth of his grace and kindness to us in Christ Jesus. And another passage of scripture. That you learned not the christ in this way if indeed you heard him and you were taught by him just as the truth is in jesus that you are to put off once and for all concerning the former way of life the old man that you are to put off once and for all concerning the pigs and the pig way of life the old man the one being depraved according to the desires of delusion and to be new again in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new man the one having been created in conformity with God in righteousness and holiness and truth and then colossians third chapter let me read this for you. If then you were raised up with Christ, if then you were, you were brought home, you must seek the things above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. You must set your mind upon the things above, not upon the things of earth. Don't set your minds on the pig pen. For you died and your life has been hid with Christ in God. You did voluntarily put to death your members. You did voluntarily leave the pig pen. Let's identify the pig pen. Sexual immorality, uncleanness, lustful desires, evil desires, greed which is idolatry the love of money the love of stuff the love of things you you let all that go because of these things the wrath of god is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you also walked at one time when you used to live in these things But now you did voluntarily put off all these things, anger, wrath, ill will, evil speaking, slander, obscene speech out of your mouth. You must not lie to each other. Having already put off the old man with his practices and having already put on the new man, the one being renewed in true knowledge according to the image of the one having created him, where there's not Gentile or Jew, circumcision, uncircumcision, foreigner, Scythian, servant, free man, but Christ is all and in all. So put on deep feelings of compassion, kindness, humility, courtesy, patience toward others, bearing with one another, freely favoring each other. Please, do you hear me today? You have to leave the pig pen if you want to go to the Father. You can no longer be in the evil desires of your flesh. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. The problem we're facing is that most of you who are listening have not died. And so you still say, I have these issues between me and God. You still have pigs between you and God. And you're not convinced that the blood of Jesus has the power to utterly break and cleanse and restore and renew you. Or you're the elder brother with judgments in your heart. I'm not going to go there. Those people are beneath me. No, No compassion. There was no compassion in the elder son's heart for his younger brother who smelled like pig slop. The whole house stunk of pig slop because the younger son had entered with his pig slop all over him. Where's the compassion? Where's the mercy? No, it's just judgment because the pigs are in the mind of the elder brother he's arrogant he's hard hearted is that who you are are you judgmental oh that person I don't want to be around them they stink I don't want to be around that person they're not intellectually as sharp as I am. I'm smart. They're dumb. Judgments. Pigs in the mind. We have just a few minutes left in this broadcast. Can I say some things very very straight and honest to you? The greatest trial of my heart has been dealing with my own pride and arrogance and dealing with the pride and the arrogance of people who call themselves Christians but have the stench of pig slop about them and they won't acknowledge it and they say I'm going to always have to live with this pig slop stench are you kidding me? the ugliness of pride, the ugliness of haughtiness, the ugliness, the ugliness of going my own way and thinking my own thoughts and judging with my own heart. All I could do this morning was come before the Lord and weep over my own arrogance and my own pride, my own ideas, my own ways. Oh God. Do you understand if you don't kill sin, it'll kill you. If you don't kill pride, Pride will kill you. It'll bring you into such depths of despair that you won't even know how to think. Some of you today are very desperate places. This letter from a very dear woman. I won't give you the name. She says she was saved a long time ago. And then shortly after, she rejected Jesus. And she says, I've tried everything for him to take me back, but nothing. Now, when I read or listen to the Bible, it condemns me. It's as if I have an Antichrist spirit. It's scary and crazy. I've reached out for help numerous times, but to no avail. I have very little hope. No matter how I pray and repent, I'm still in this hell on earth. Get out of the pig pen, lady. You're still in the pig pen trying to be a Christian. Cut off the sin. Turn off the television. Turn off the movies. Turn off the videos. Turn off the games. Get right with Jesus. Stand by faith. He loves you. Stop trying to bring your pigs back with you to Jesus. He loves you. I know the problem. The problem is not Jesus. The problem is me. The problem is my pride. The problem is my arrogance. The problem is my hardness of heart. Remember that old song? It's me. It's me. Standing in the need of prayer. It's me. I want you to come home to Jesus, and I want you to leave the pigs behind. I want you to stop pretending that you can follow Jesus and still walk with the pigs in sin. You can't do it. Some of you have said, I'm going to follow Jesus, but you've been years, and you still are not free of your sin because you love your pigs. Either the ones in the backyard or the ones in your head. The ones in your head are a lot harder to get rid of because it's your pride, it's your arrogance, it's your it's your self-righteousness. It's what the scribes and the Pharisees had. And Jesus looked at them and said, you, you snakes, you brood of vipers, how can you be saved? It's a lot easier for the prodigal to be saved than the elder brother to be saved. A little bit of knowledge... Self-righteousness is a very, very dangerous thing. So how long do you want to live with the pigs? How long do you want the pigs in your head? Condemning you? Chastising you? Telling you you're no good? When are you going to rise up and say, I'm a new man? Five minutes. I'm a new man. I can walk in Jesus, in righteousness and holiness and truth, and I no longer walk in the wickedness of this world, and I no longer walk in sin against God. I no longer rebel against him. You've got to decide if you're going to believe the modern teachers who have pigs trailing after them and in their heads, or if you're going to believe the actual word of the apostles and of Jesus. Jesus says, when you go home, he will come, he will embrace you in your filth, he'll put a new robe on you, and he'll bring you into the house and he'll celebrate with you your return. He loves you. And the older brother, come, celebrate with this stinking younger brother straight out of the pig pen. Lay down your pride and your sense of entitlement. Lay down your arrogance, man, woman, and come and celebrate in fellowship with the righteous. Well, we're out of time. Lord, I, Jesus, I just, Father, I come and I bring with me today those who have listened, who are willing to humble their hearts, who will leave the pig pen, who will drive the pigs out of their heads, who will humble their hearts before you, almighty God, and before each other. And say, I must have Jesus. I'm willing to die and be baptized in the blood of Jesus. Lord, would you do that today? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This is a faith ministry. And things have been very, very short for these first days of August. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will move in your heart to give and to give hilariously and sacrificially for the work of the gospel. I have not heard from some of you who are regular givers. I've not heard from you. Would you write to me at the National Prayer Chapel? Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or you can go to our web page. And you'll find there the videos. And I ask please on YouTube, would you subscribe? It will help get our broadcast out to more people because Google will host it. So go to nationalprayerchapel.com and up in the right-hand corner, there's a place where you can click for donate and it'll open a page where you can make your tithe or offering for the Lord, for the work of the gospel. I hope today's been helpful to you. I love you. I'm praying for you. There has to be a change. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.